all day basically doing nothing until the schedule dropped uh, on this Friday night as we – no, I'm sorry, Thursday night as we taped the spot. See, it's been such a long day. I can't even keep track of time. The point is the Bengals' schedule is here. We know when they are playing who and what times for the most part, uh, with some exceptions obviously towards the end of the season. Going into 2023, couldn't be more excited to break it down with you right here on this special I guess we could call it post-schedule edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Muhammad Ahmad here with you alongside Andrew Gillis and Mike Nizek. And um, as I'm sort of coming into this excited, uh, here's something to be even more excited about. And that is uh, our Cincinnati Football Insider Subtext Service. And here's why I need to be excited. As soon as the schedule dropped, me, Andrew, and Mike were sending out texts to our subscribers, giving our thoughts on big games to watch. Uh, in 2023, games that have certain implications and why that matters. And to sign up and get these text messages, go to cleveland.com slash Bengals uh, and click, out the blue, uh, click on the blue banner at the top of the page. It's easy to sign up. It's $4.99 a month to start, but here's the thing. It's a free trial for two weeks. You can text stop at any time. You might not like us, but I think you probably will. Just in case you don't, though, you can text up at any time. So go to cleveland.com slash Bengals. All right, so gentlemen, um, 17 games. Uh, just really a quick rundown. The Bengals are going to bookend their schedule with the Browns um, week one and week 18, which I think is fitting, um, not shocking. The Bengals actually opened their schedule against the Browns 11 years ago in Andy Dalton's NFL debut. They have four primetime matchups. They're going against uh, 12 former or recent Pro Bowl quarterbacks, and they are facing eight teams who made the playoffs last year. That's just the quick and short of it. Uh, but as soon as you saw the schedule drop, as soon as you just looked at it and you like literally processed it for 10 seconds in your brain, what stood out to you and why? Well, I think, you know, I mean, you obviously, I think the first thing that you you notice every time you look at a schedule like that is the uh, is the primetime games. Uh, you know, obviously they play the Rams at home. That is a uh, Monday night football game at Paycor Stadium. Uh, you know, maybe that's the game where they bring back the white uniforms, um, you know, that look so slick against the uh, against the Dolphins in 2022. Uh, if you wanted to do that, that would be a fun game. Get a Super Bowl matchup. Uh, the Rams are an interesting team because nobody quite knows what's going on with them. Um, you know, then you play Buffalo on Sunday night in uh, in November on November fifth. Uh, that's a game, obviously, where you know a lot of the attention is going to be on uh, on you know the Demar Hamlin situation and kind of what happened at uh, at that game on Monday night last season. And um, you know that's going to be a big one. You play two weeks later in Baltimore on a Thursday night. You play at Jacksonville on a Monday night. Uh, a couple four thirty sprinkled in there, so I, you know, I think you kind of look at the schedule with the the primetime games that they have, and I, I mean, if you're a Bengals fan, I think you kind of have to be pretty pleased with it. You had to assume that at least one game in the division was going to be at uh, you know a night game, a Sunday night game, a Thursday night game, a Monday night game, um, but you know, you you play the Rams, who you know they might not be all that good this year. Uh, then you get the Bills at home on a Sunday night. You know that crowd's going to be amped up. Uh, you got to go to Baltimore on Thursday. That's going to be tough, um, considering you're coming off a swing of San Francisco, Buffalo, and Houston. Uh, but then you got to go to Jacksonville on a Monday night. I, I mean, I just think that when you look at the schedule and see some of the Monday night games, I think you could have made a case that uh, you know, I mean, if you had to play the Baltimore Ravens on a Thursday night, 
and you had to play San Francisco on a Sunday night or or something like that. I just think the primetime games could have went uh, kind of awry for them, and they uh, they really didn't. So uh, the primetime games are the first thing that I noticed. And I want to well, make a correction. Uh, they're playing 12 games against Pro Bowl quarterbacks, not 12 individual quarterbacks. But uh, go ahead, Mike. They, they've got these uh, asterisks next to a bunch of the games. So um, we'll see, you know, if um, – you know, they get more prime time. You know, you'd expect them to get more, not less, just because you expect them to be uh, talented. The thing that stood out to me about the schedule uh, was just how easy that first stretch of uh, five games is. Um, you know, at Cleveland, home against Baltimore and L.A., uh, the Rams, at Tennessee, at Arizona. I mean, they could easily extend their regular, uh, you know, a regular season win streak to 13 games, I feel like. Um, I think it starts to get tough with that game uh, before the bye against Seattle. Uh, then you head to San Francisco. So, um, you know, I just think that this this schedule sets them up well to avoid some of the pitfalls they had last year where they had that slow start. And if you think about it, not only did they start 5-4 and four last year, they were 5-4 and four the year before that. Now, of course, we've seen how well the Bengals and Joe Burrow can adjust on the fly. Um, but you don't want to be in a hole like that this year because obviously they were 0-2 last year. And I don't know that they – I think it's going to be harder for them to go 0-2 this year because, like you said, I think that front five is a lot easier. I mean, Baltimore is going to be an interesting game because, you know, uh, even though it's at home, you still got to face Lamar Jackson. But I want to ask you about the Browns game, though, because I was going to get to that. Should that have been a home opener? Should they have made that the home opener for the Bengals? Or do you think really it wouldn't have made any difference? Well, you can't open the season on the at home every year, uh, so I mean they hadn't opened at home. Uh, they hadn't opened on the road since 2019, so they were due. I mean, I don't think that they needed. They didn't win anything in terms of the, the Super Bowl, so I think really the only team you get that you know guaranteed a home game uh, in the first week of the season is the Super Bowl winner. After that, um, you know, it's just you know how the schedule falls. Well, and and also too the the Bengals opened at home last year. Uh, the Browns opened on the road. They played in Carolina. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like Mike said, you, you can't open every year. Um, you know, you can't open every year. at the, Can't win them all. Yeah, well, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not even that. It's You can't. I know, you, I know. You can't play every every week one at Paycor Stadium. Um, you know, but again, I think, you know. The, or if the they want to, they got to win the Super Bowl every year. That's the easy sure, solution. Yeah. 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 Gonna uh, there you go. There you go. Um, I, you know, I think too, when you kind of look at the first five games though, it is, you know, they did start 0-2 and everybody talks about that. And then, you know, I remember they had that, you know, disaster of a game in Cleveland on Halloween. Um, you know, and I'm sure we're going to, you know, we're going to hear a lot about that and kind of, you know, the Monday night game and then kind of how that game in, in Cincinnati last year was, was frankly pretty boring. Um, you know, the one that the Bengals won, but I mean, let's not forget in, in week one of the 2022 season, uh, the Bengals played. <laughs> they played the Steelers and uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky, and Mitch Trubisky was not very good. In um, they, you know, the Bengals found a way to lose that game. And then uh, the week after, they played Cooper Rush in Dallas, and the Bengals lost that game. And I understand that the Cowboys turned out to be pretty good, but when you play Cooper Rush, that's a game you got to win. Week after it, you played Joe Flacco. Um, week after that, they played I think the Dolphins, and that was the game where Tua got hurt. Uh, so you didn't have Tua for like half the game, maybe a little bit longer than half the game. Then you play Baltimore, and you get to two and three. So I just think, you know, it, it's one thing to look at the schedule and say, you know, oh, I think I think the, the most accurate way to do it, because this league is so chaotic every year, is to say, okay, who are the quarterbacks that you're probably going to have to play? 
But I think, you know, kind of as the Bengals proved last year, you know, sometimes that doesn't always matter because, you know, you'll, you'll beat Patrick Mahomes and you'll beat Tom Brady and you'll beat all these quarterbacks. And sometimes you just you hit a rough patch and you lose to Cooper Rush and you lose to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that's just the way it falls. But I'm not, I'm not going to lie, though. Obviously, there was like the rumors all over social media that the Bengals and Browns were going to play in week one. Uh, those ended up coming true, kind of like the rumors that Travis Kelsey's mom said about, oh, it's going to be uh, uh, like the Chiefs are going to play in Germany or whatever. And that ended up being the case, which was funny. But, um, you know, rumors aside, do you guys think that was a good option? I mean, just playing the Browns in week one. I actually like that a lot. Battle of Ohio. You get the first true matchup between Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow. I mean, the Browns, like talk about their defense. They got a new coordinator. They still have Miles Garrett. I mean, what do you guys think of that matchup? Is that something that's pretty hyped up? Well, I mean, Watson last year. Yeah. We say it again. You said the first true matchup. What? What was not true well, about we, the matchup well, I don't, last year? Well, I, I just Watson played Burrow last year, but he was rusty. He had like an eleven-game suspension. Like he's going to actually come into this season fresh and maybe rejuvenated. Like I, guess, I think I was talking to uh, Mary Kay Cabot about this. We might see a Deshaun Watson we didn't see last year. So that's why I say first true like real matchup between these guys. I just don't think Deshaun was himself that last however many games he played last year. I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of – I mean, he was sitting around doing nothing. He wasn't injured. Yeah, sitting around doing nothing, which, I mean, you're not getting better when you're sitting on the bench. Well, not on the bench because he was suspended, but sitting around basically. I mean, I think this is their second matchup, I would say. I, 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 thought, I think that one counts last year. Does it, Andrew? I mean, it has to, right? Like you can't – the record I mean, books. Yeah, I mean, the record like, books, but I mean, I'm something figuratively. Are we going to say that the the Bengals' loss against the Browns shouldn't really be counted because that was their first week without Jamar Chase, and they were still kind of figuring things out? No, they they lost fair and square. They just didn't play good. Like they just played poorly. I mean, we saw how Burrow played. He said himself he played poorly, and I mean, I'm not going to say Jacoby Brissett played well. I just think the Bengals' defense didn't know how to stop them. But I think that's apples and oranges. Though. That's that's a little different. I'm talking about one person here. You're talking about like both teams, like how the Browns didn't have Watson and how the Bengals didn't have Chase. But that's besides the point. I mean, do you guys just think that's going to be a cool matchup just to open up the season with? It's fine. I don't think it has much. I mean, it's it's a rivalry game, but I mean, I think they have bigger sights. I, I like, yeah, their sights are set so far above Cleveland that like. I don't know. Like you expect to win that game, at, you know, either way. Now I know they've struggled with them, but I think uh, you know any of those returning playoff teams would have been uh, a more exciting. I pitched on subtext that I saw um, the at San Francisco uh, battle of the runner-ups from last year would have been a fun way to open the season. Uh, hey, that's a good one, yeah. You know, as opposed to um, you know you're playing, and especially since you play AFC North teams twice. Um, it loses uh, a lot of the, um, you know, intrigue, I think, for, for a one, one-off. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and two, I think, um, you know, it, it's a fun matchup to open the season. But, you know, I mean, if they, if they had to open on the road, I think there were a lot of other kind of intriguing options. Um, you know, Mike mentioned San Francisco. That would have been one. Uh, Baltimore, for sure, is another sure. one. 
Um, you know, Baltimore is kind of in the same aspect of Cincinnati. I don't know how much this plays into it, but, uh, you know, I mean, they share a parking lot and they share kind of a, a living space with the baseball team. So I don't they know. If do. the Orioles, they do. I don't know. Well, I don't know if the or I'm saying I don't know if the Orioles have anything going that week. So maybe the Ravens even weren't a possibility, but the Ravens would have been fun. Um, I think Jacksonville would have been a low key, sneaky, fun one. Um, yeah. you, know, you, you get uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of coming off his, I guess, his breakout year at Jaguars coming in as a team that's, you know, the AFC, or you would assume the AFC South favorites. Pittsburgh would have been fun. We talked about Kansas City. I don't think they would have burned that one, but obviously that would have been hyped up to unholy levels. Like, there would have been a lot of of fun ones. Um, I mean, personally, personally, I'm I'm just glad. I kind of look at the schedule. The fact that they're not going to play on Christmas Eve is a major win for the sports writers on the Bengals beat. Except Uh, me because I don't celebrate Christmas, but anyways. Sure, but uh, they play on uh, December 23rd on a Saturday in Pittsburgh. I mean, that game's going to be cold as hell. But, uh, you know, again, uh, I, I looked at this schedule and selfishly, it's not as good as the road schedule from last year. I mean, last year, the, really? uh, the, the road schedule for us was really fun. Uh, we were in Dallas. We were in New York. We were in, obviously in the AFC North cities. We were in Nashville. We were in Tampa in December. Um, you know, we went to Buffalo in, in the playoffs, Kansas City in the playoffs. This year we got what? I mean, Buffalo, the snow wasn't fun, though. And I'm sure I, I wasn't Buffalo, in New England. That, but... game, that game was the coolest game that we covered all year. In the snow, in the divisional round of the playoffs. I mean, to you, I'm, I'm not a snow guy. I, 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 I'm not a snow fan, but obviously that's just my opinion. I know I wasn't at this game, but, I mean, Mike was at the Patriots game. It looked pretty cold there. Part of why I didn't go, I'll just yeah. kind of spoil that. Yeah, I don't know. You but... just, like, San Francisco will be cool. Um, oh, yeah. I wish Arizona was later in the year. Uh, you get a little bit of a snowbird effect if you know if you play the Cardinals in December, or Jan- you know, for last week, second last week of the season, or something like that. Um, you know, you get Arizona and Jacksonville. You do get one game where you get to get out of the Ohio cold a little bit and go warm. But uh, yeah, selfishly, I uh, I looked at the schedule and I just went, man, this 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 just isn't as good as last year's was. And it's going to be a little bit more of a grind though, because I mean, like. Those two West Coast well, – I guess they're not both West Coast trips, but those two Pacific time zone trips, uh, that'll be a lot of jet lag. But if you're talking about San Francisco and Phoenix, I will gladly sign up for that. I've only been to California once in my life. It was San Francisco. I think it was almost six years ago. No, five years ago. Pretty cool city. Technically, we're going to be in – is it Santa Clara? Because they don't actually play in – San yeah, Fran, it, San it's like 45 minutes outside, but you, you mentioned the jet lag. I think that's a decent point. Um, you know, you play, you could really look at the schedule and say like, you know, West Coast road trips sometimes can be tricky. You kind of get a little lucky if you're the Bengals because you play the Rams at home. And again, I mean, who knows what the Rams are going to be. They were a disaster last year. You know, and they still will back, be. is Stafford healthy? Then you play Tennessee, and Tennessee might be a disaster. Then you go play Arizona, and Arizona's going to be down Kyler, and they're not a disaster. Then you come home, you play Seattle, and you have a bye week. You know, you don't have back, you don't have a road, West Coast road trip, and then you don't have to go to Baltimore or something like that. Um, you know, and then off of your bye week, then you go out west to San Francisco. Uh, I think, obviously, I think, you know, it doesn't take much of a genius to look at their schedule and say that the, uh, the two games swing at San Francisco on uh, Sunday, October 29th, and then uh, home against the Bills on Sunday Night Football. I think, though, I think it's pretty clear that those two games are going to be the toughest. Like that's the toughest one-two punch on their schedule. Um, but I mean, in terms of like kind of avoiding 
trap games, I guess, if you will, and in, in, in kind of, you know, disaster situations, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like heading into the short week against the Ravens, you play the Texans, the team that, you know, had uh, what they had the, uh, the second overall pick. Second worst game. record. Yeah. So you, you play them and then you get a short week going into Baltimore. And then coming out of that, you have a long week against Pittsburgh. Um, it, you know, I just think that you can kind of look at their schedule and, and you could, I'm sure there are people who are going to find some, some faults with it and say, ah, well, you know, this could have been better. This could have been better. But I think you could point to some things and say, realistically, they got some breaks here. You know, there's actually uh, – and by the way, speaking of the Texans, I just realized for all the Ohio State Buckeye fans listening, um, you're going to get to see C.J. Stroud um, whenever the Texans come into town middle of the season. So, uh, yeah, if you're an Ohio State fan, uh, that's your date to look at. Of course, I mean, I mean, most NFL teams have a bunch of Ohio State players, but I know C.J. Stroud's a fan favorite, so Doug Maurice, I'm sure, would probably acknowledge that at some point on their podcast. But when you kind of look at the first five games, I will say, although I do agree with Mike, it is an overall like easier five-game stretch than what they dealt with last year. There's some sneaky matchups that Joe Burrow's going to have to worry about. Like, we already mentioned week one. Miles Garrett's not going anywhere. Like, I'm sure you guys saw the, the picture of his house where he had, like, the tombstones of each quarterback he sacked. I'm sure he wants to add Joe Burrow to that tally mark again. I mean, the Ravens front speaks for itself in week two. I mean, and again, the Rams, I think, with all due respect, are going to be pitiful. But Aaron Donald is not pitiful. He might still be one of the greatest players in the game. You got to deal with him. Jeffrey Simmons just got a monster extension. You deal with him on the road in week four. And so, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's going to decide the games. I'm just saying you got to put a little exception of their easy games, but be ready for those guys. Because um, I do I think obviously Rams, that. I would say the Rams, Titans, and Cardinals are going to be in the running for like the first pick next year. Oh, I'm not saying they're going to be good. I'm just saying like if you're There's Joe Burrow, nothing, you still have. The only thing sneaky is like what the how many points does Joe Burrow want to put up on the scoreboard? But there's nothing sneaky about those. I mean, it's, those are terrible teams. Oh, of course. All I'm saying is, like, it doesn't mean Joe Burrow's going to get a break unless you still have Jonah Williams and Orlando Brown is as good as advertised. And, okay, yeah, you're completely right. I'm just saying it's something I kind of looked at. Like, okay, horrible teams, good pass rush. For the most part, horrible teams, good pass rush. Again, this is just Muhammad uh, in his late-night observations uh, after a back-and-forth drive from Cleveland, um, which was fun and eventful. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to break down uh, our other biggest takeaways and look at the most exciting and maybe the not most exciting uh, matchups that we haven't talked about when we return right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we pretty much laid out uh, the land of the Bengals' 2023 schedule. And before we kind of break down our favorite and least favorite matchups next season, we want to remind you guys to sign up for our Strictly Stripes newsletter. If you want to get all the latest insights, reporting, and information that you can't get anywhere else in your mailbox for free every day during the week, go to cleveland.com newsletters. Click on the Strictly Stripes newsletter option takes less than a minute to sign up. And like I said, it's free. Go to cleveland.com slash newsletters. Um, so I know you guys kind of gave away like really exciting games you want to watch and maybe games that are just like, all right, get through the next week and move on type of games. Like, anyway, and every team's going to have those games, obviously, especially a team that's going to be as good as advertised like the Bengals. But I mean, just kind of what I want to ask each of you, just you're all, you're all thoughts on this. 
So from kind of looking at just uh, everything we talked about earlier in the podcast, and just really to kind of tie this all up together because it's a very late night for us and I'm sure other people uh, tuning in. But, you know, for you guys, when you look at the schedule, what are your just absolute most favorite games you're so amped about next season? And what are the games you look at where you're just like, ooh, this is not going to be fun to watch? Well, I think the late season, you know, having the the Colts uh, late in the season – uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a dud game. That's a team that's going to be rebuilding, um, and by December, um, you know, when you when you play a team that has very little to play for, um, you know, that's the one that kind of stands out just because it's positioned. Uh, you know, Sunday I think it's December tenth. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, that that last month uh, of the season, December, you have four games. Um, you know, teams that all made the playoffs last year. So, um, you know, or except for Pittsburgh, but. Uh, Pittsburgh, it's at Pittsburgh, and that's always a tough place to play. So um, the, the one that sticks out as kind of a dud is, is Indianapolis. Uh, in terms of intri- intriguing matchups, I, I think that uh, Seattle one um, could be interesting. That, that, that receiving group that they have put together um, I think is really talented. Obviously, Geno Smith kind of resurrected his career. Uh, we'll see if that kind of uh, continues next season, and, and obviously always a, a talented defense from them uh, at home on October 15th. Um, that's a game that um, we haven't seen uh, Seattle minute. I, I think it might have been that 20, 2019 opener, but um, it was. Yeah, it that, was. That, that's uh, that's another team. That that th- those are the two ones that I would I would say. Yeah, I, I think you know for me, I think one of the games, or I guess like three games that I'm looking forward to that I think you know are really going to be big. I think that that week two game against Baltimore. Um, you know, that's going to be really big. I think, you know, if I were to kind of rank the teams right now, uh, I would say that those two are the are the best in the AFC North. Um, you know, I think they're the most talented teams. Uh, the Ravens open against the Texans. Um, you know, so you're talking about a situation where, I mean, you obviously, I mean, we've seen the Bengals do this. You know, they've rallied kind of from, from an 0-2 record, from – you know, a losing record in October from, you know, kind of being 500 or thereabouts, you know, early, you know, first two months of the year, but that's not something you want to do every year. Uh, you know, so it, I mean, I, I, I like, obviously we're going to probably pick the Bengals to win, but I don't think anybody would be like stunned if the Browns won in week one at home. Uh, you know, they, they come out firing with Deshaun and, you know, Elijah Moore and they, they look good and, you know, then the Bengals are coming home to an 0-1 matchup against a 1-0 Ravens team. Um, you know, that that could be a pretty big game. Um, and then there's that two-game stretch, like I mentioned, where you go to San Francisco. Um, you know, San Francisco is obviously very, very talented across the board. You have that defensive line out there that's going to be, you know, an interesting test for that offensive line. And then the Buffalo game for, for all the DeMar reasons, for the, the canceled game, for the AFC playoff, that's big. Um and then just, you know, I look at those two games, you know, those two, and then you get two divisional games later, you know, two weeks after that, you play Baltimore on the road on Thursday night. Then you play Pittsburgh. Like those are two games that are, that's a five game stretch where you play San Francisco, Buffalo, you play the Texans, which is the game where I think is really going to be kind of a, just get through this, get a win, get out of here. Nobody get hurt game. Then you play at Baltimore uh, on a short week in Pittsburgh. So I think, you know, the the games that I'm looking forward to, to just to recap that, the Ravens at home in week two, 
then you get Buffalo at home uh, the week after you play the 49ers. Um, but then that, that Texans game, I just, again, that like at first glance, that to me looks like a game where you just say, nobody get hurt. We got bigger fish to fry. So I, I like that you mentioned um, the kind of the back half of the season where you're playing those divisional opponents. Like, I mean, you're playing Pittsburgh twice in the second half of the season, you know, and I think the most exciting of those two games will obviously be that, that one on uh, December 23rd, which is week, uh, week 16. I mean, that's going to be an interesting game because, like, I don't know how good the Steelers are going to be, but, like, you know, when you get that late in the season, there's always that exciting buildup towards games like the Chiefs game in week 17. And, I mean, look, if the Browns blow my socks off and are actually, like, playoff contenders next season with Deshaun and everything that they revamped, then even if the Bengals have, like, a playoff berth locked up, a division title locked up, it's still going to be a good game, and it's going to be in Cincinnati to wrap up the year. Like, you can never go wrong with wrapping up uh, a game with a divisional matchup or wrapping up a season with a divisional matchup, and you can't go wrong with opening it with a divisional matchup, like I said earlier. So I like bookending the Browns. So two games I like. I'll tell you one game that I think is sneaky that I haven't even thought about till now. I think that Vikings game in Week 15 is going to be interesting because they played in the season opener in Cincinnati two years ago. That was the debut of Jamar and Joe Burrow. Um, It was an overtime win. It would come from behind overtime win. Evan McPherson, first of many game-winning kicks. I don't know if that's how this game's going to go, but, I mean, you look at how much better Justin Jefferson has been. You could say he's the best receiver in the game. How do they match up against him? What does he look like with Kirk Cousins? I mean, you know, the Vikings have a good shot of competing for the NFC North again. So, I mean, you got two really good divisional foes, like not interdivisional foes, but teams that are good in their respective divisions. And to have it that late in the year is a sneaky smart move. I really like that. I'm going to be honest. The the one game where I'm just like, how and why, and I think you guys would agree with me, how and why did they get the Rams on Monday night football? I mean, obviously, we knew they were going to play them in Cincy, but Monday night football? Like, you're going to burn a Monday night football game to play the Rams who, look, I get it. Bengals fans are still sour about that Super Bowl loss. I totally understand. But Mike made a good point. Like, the Rams are so bad. They could be running and the running for like the number one pick next year if I don't know if they have a first round pick next year because of how many they traded away earlier but the point is that's how bad they're gonna be like I mean if you're looking at other games I would have swapped to make that a Monday night game I would have much rather made that 49ers game a Monday night game which it can technically still be because that's one of the games of the star it's flexible where it could be moved into a primetime slot but I would have much rather seen that as a primetime game I mean heck Give me, give me the Seahawks game as a Monday night game. Like that's another NFC West team you're playing at home. That's easy to me. That I think is the biggest head scratcher. I mean, like Andrew said, you want to get through the Houston game. You want to get through the Indianapolis game. Those are two teams that, you know, I think will be better than last year, but not good enough to be competitive. So yeah, cross it off your schedule. No, I, see, here's the thing though with the Rams game. So I just pulled up their schedule as we were talking about that. The Rams play one – I mean, they play a lot of 4 o'clock games just because they're on the West Coast. Uh, but they play one Monday night football game, and then they play the Saints on Thursday night football in December. Like, the, the I mean, you, you, the NFL markets its teams very, very well. 
and they really do spread the wealth. I mean, how many how many years was it a joke that the Jaguars and Texans were the Thursday night game of choice because they knew people would watch it, so they just kind of put the worst game out in prime time. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I think that it it makes actually a lot more sense than you just kind of said. Um, you know, the the Rams open up with two divisional opponents. They play at Seattle versus the Forty ers Like. That's a team that, you know, we whether or not Stafford's healthy, I think they've got kind of implosion potential. I think that, uh, you know, if they're bad, it could get really bad again. And, uh, you know, to me, that's just a game where, hey, look, it's a Super Bowl rematch from from two years ago, from two seasons ago. You know, we're, we're comfortable putting that game in prime time because at, even if you're 0-2, your season's not over going into that game. Um, there are going to be some storylines. Los Angeles is a huge market, obviously. So that game is going to do ratings, and, and it's going to do well. There are storylines built into it. And if the Rams suck this year, if they go 2-15, and 15, then that's fine. But you're not going to know that they're 2-15 and 15 in Week 3. So I just think that you, know, you, you, you have to market your teams in some way. I mean, you look across the league – Every team plays prime time. Like they, they're they're going to do what they can to put not even not anymore. Forward. That's one of the schedules. Well, they got rid of it, but they're they're going to do what they can to put you know teams in advantageous positions. And like you know, the last thing you want is if the Rams are going to play a Monday Night Football game. And obviously, the league wants um, you know the league wants you know Los Angeles and New York to be you know kind of big time markets just because of the the you know the the ratings that they can bring in and the money that they can bring in things like that but again i you know the the rams like the, i i don't have a problem with that game i, I don't so think it's, i don't think it's I'll, that big of a deal let me pause you there so you said something about Los Angeles the ratings I mean, you realize no one in L.A. actually cares about the Rams, right? Like, did you see their Super Bowl parade when they beat the Bengals? Like, compared to all the other parades we've seen, that was a joke. Yeah, but wasn't that during – yeah, but that was also during, like – like, No, uh, COVID Los Angeles, was our, No, but that, that COVID, was – Don't say COVID. Well, I was going to say, that was during – like, it was – it's California and it was Los Angeles. Like, they had some of the strictest COVID regulations. I'm not saying that they're, like, as diehard – I'm not no. saying that they're, like, as diehard as, like – the uh, you know I, I'm trying to think of a fa- the Browns base or you know teams <laughs> that are just terrible that always draw fans or something like that but you know I yeah I don't know yeah I don't know yeah obviously California is a whole different world when it comes to COVID I, I get that but I mean it was 2022 so I think it was better but e- either way that's just my take on that I mean unless it's a closed game and I'm wrong. Claps to you, Andrew. Um, I'll, I'll give well, you those claps a few months no, from now. Muhammad, that's my point. It doesn't. I don't think it matters if it's close or not, because like you, you, you're putting a big market on a Monday Night Football game in a Super Bowl rematch, where there will be storylines to talk about because maybe the Rams are zero and two and they're trying to save their season. Or, you know, maybe the Bengals are 0-2, and it's like, what's happening to the Bengals? They just lost two divisional games to start the year. What in the world's going on? There, there are going to be storylines there no matter what. And, you know, if you're going to put it – you don't want to just bury a team in Los Angeles, especially a team that won the Super Bowl, you know, almost a little over a calendar year ago. Like, I'm, I think it's fine. Well, I think we're going to end on that note because that was uh, – I think that was a good, fun way to end the night. You always got to have some fun debate, and I think that's why – I always enjoy these types of podcasts, especially when you always have something on the fly, like a schedule release or free agency. 
Always enjoy it with you too. I think that's going to tie things up for the week. We appreciate you all tuning in. Join us again next Monday as we go into a reset, looking at the biggest questions uh, surrounding the Bengals roster, post-rookie minicamp, going into OTAs, which are just a few weeks away, believe it or not. So stay tuned with us for that and much more. Uh, I want to say exciting interviews. I don't want to give them away because they're pretty unique, but some very exciting interviews to kind of change things up on the podcast. Uh, But once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday.